Good morning. It's Friday, March 29, 2013, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page today from Karachi, Taliban are terrorizing Pakistani city. With shelling, war invades Syria campus. We get the latest from Damascus. And Newtown killers' obsessions in chilling detail. In today's national headlines, Medicare shift may lead way to budget pact. Mystery malady kills more bees, heightening worry in California. And New York City clears a path for a bill on paid sick leave. In today's financial headlines, S&P index surpasses high point of 2007. Corporate cyber attackers strive to destroy data and Sprint nears U.S. deal to limit the use of Chinese suppliers. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story, Taliban are terrorizing Pakistani city, reported from Karachi by Declan Walsh and Zia-ur-Rahman. This seaside metropolis is no stranger to gangland violence, driven for years by a motley collection of armed groups who battle over money, turf, and votes. But there's a new gang in town. Hundreds of miles from their homeland in the mountainous northwest, Pakistani Taliban fighters have started to flex their muscles more forcefully in parts of this vast city, and they're openly taking ground. Taliban gunmen have mounted assaults on police stations, killing scores of officers. They have stepped up extortion rackets that target rich businessmen and traders and shot dead public health workers engaged in polio vaccination efforts. The grab for influence and power in Karachi shows the Taliban have been able to extend their reach across Pakistan, even here in the country's most populous city, with about 20 million inhabitants. No longer can they be written off as endemic only to the country's frontiers. In joining Karachi's street wars, the Taliban are upending an established network of competing criminal, ethnic, and political armed groups in the city. The difference is that the Taliban's agenda is more expansive. It seeks to overthrow the Pakistani state, and their operations are run by remote control from the tribal belt along the Afghan border. Already, the militants have reshaped the city's political balance by squeezing one of the most prominent political machines the Pashtun-dominated Awami National Party, off its home turf. They have scared Awami operatives out of town and destroyed offices, gravely undercutting the party's chances in national elections scheduled for May. We're the Taliban's first enemy, said Shahi Syed, the party's provincial head. They burn my offices, they tear down my flags, and they kill our people. The Taliban drift into Karachi actually began years ago, though much more quietly. Many fled here after a concerted Pakistani military operation in the Swat Valley in 2009. The influx has gradually continued, officials here say, with Taliban fighters able to easily melt into the city's population of fellow ethnic Pashtuns, estimated to number at least 5 million people. Until recently, the militants saw Karachi as a kind of rear base, using the city to lie low or seek medical treatment, and limiting their armed activities to criminal fundraising, like kidnapping and bank robberies, but for at least six months now, there have been signs that their timidity is disappearing. The Taliban have become a force on the street, aggressively exerting their influence in the ethnic Pashtun quarters of the city. 
Just why the Taliban are adopting such an aggressive profile in Karachi right now is unclear. Some cite the greater number of militants fleeing Pakistani military operations in the northwest. Others say it may be the product of dwindling funds as jihadi funders in the Persian Gulf states turn to the Middle East.